Bet365 sponsors our podcast and features over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you'll ever need to bet on sport. It's the Manchester Derby this Sunday. Can United keep their recent success against their rivals? Or will City dish out a blow to United's top four hopes? With Bet365's Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to build your own personalised bet. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. It's over 18s only and please gamble responsibly. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, aka FPL General, recording on Tuesday morning the 3rd of March. Game week 28 is behind us, so we've got just 10 more game weeks to go to climb those rankings and to win those mini-leagues. We've got FA Cup action right throughout this week, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. The results of those games are going to shape how Blank Gaming 31 is going to look in FPL. There's also a chance that we could get an announcement sometime this week about a potential double game week this coming week in Game Week 29 for Manchester City and Arsenal. So if ever there was a week to be patient with your transfers, this is it. So by Thursday night, by Friday morning, we're going to know exactly what Game Week 31 is going to look like. So that could shape your transfers and your plans for your chips in terms of free hit and things like that of course if Manchester City and Arsenal if we find out that they're going to play twice in game week 29 maybe those are the teams you're going to be targeting for your transfers this week so sit on your hands this week don't make any transfers until Friday at least maybe even wait until Saturday morning close to the deadline there was no new additions to the 59th minute club in game week 28 everybody survived the dreaded shootout from myself Genie Wijnaldum was very close to getting a second one in just three weeks uh, three weeks ago he had his first 59th minute appearance of the season and I think he managed 60 minutes at the weekend so very very close to becoming the first player to get two shoutouts this season a quick review of game week 28 how it went for me it was a bizarre game week First of all, we only had eight fixtures, and then on top of that, Leicester went and lost to Norwich on Friday night. What a terrible start to the game week that was, with Vardy, obviously the big shock there, not playing. Then Liverpool go and finally lose a game, 3-0 to Watford, so it was a completely bonkers game week. The average was just 26 points. I managed to come out of it pretty well though, thankfully. The wildcard troops performed really well, again, two weeks on the bounce now. So I finished on 49 points, which took me from 110k in the overall rankings and a nice jump up to 69,000. So four green arrows in a row now. I've got momentum. So hopefully over the final 10 game weeks, I can keep that going. My plan is to use Bench Boost this week in game week 29. And then I'll be keeping my free hit chip for a double game week later in the season, possibly game week 34 or 37 we're just not sure how those are going to shake out just yet but those are the two chips i've got left those are my plans on how i plan to use them the main points came from four players so two players i brought in on my wildcard last week have been absolute heroes for me nick pope who i brought back in and matt doherty as well so over the last two games those two players alone have got me 41 points and you know they've they've played a big part in those green arrows over the last two game weeks 
So another 10 from Pope this week. Uh, 12 points from Doherty against Spurs. Jimenez got me 7 points, as did Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So those two strikers have been doing really well over the last couple of weeks. Apart from those four players returning points, it was it was actually blanks from all of the others. A blank from Captain Salah and his teammates Alexander-Arnold and Robertson. Leicester assets as well. Ricardo Pereira and Harvey Barnes were disappointing. Triori injured, seems to have shoulder issues again so he's on the chopping block now for me this week which I'll talk about later and Danny Ings who was on the bench for most of the game another blank there I think it's one goal in the last six game weeks now for Danny Ings so I've got question marks over him as well I did manage to bench Jack Stevens for his zero pointer and I benched McCarthy as well and went for Pope so those were two good decisions Grealish and Kevin De Bruyne were on my bench as well because they didn't have a fixture so those two will come back into my starting lineup uh, this week. Well, I'm going to bench boost this week. So I'm going to have 15 players in action in game week 29. So hopefully that should result in a fifth green arrow in a row. Moving on now to a watch list update. A couple of players I've added to the watch list. Uh, before I do that, there was actually only one player that I removed from the watch list this week, which is quite rare. Usually there's you know four or five players that get the chop each week after the game week. But Anthony Martial is the only one this week who is gone, quite simply because I much prefer Bruno Fernandes now. You know, every time I watch him, you know, he's ticking all the boxes that us fantasy managers want to see. You know, he's got great delivery from set pieces, he's taking direct free kicks, he's taking penalties, he's getting into the box from open play as well. And and what I like about him, he's he's a shoot on sight kind of player. He doesn't need a second invitation to have a go. So Bruno Fernandez is definitely in my thoughts. There's a question on him later, so I'll come back to him. But Martial is gone from the watch list, just quite simply because if I go for a United attacker anytime soon, it will be Bruno Fernandez rather than Martial. Players I've added to the watch list this week. The first one, an FPL legend of seasons gone by, Marcus Alonso, priced at 6.0 million. I think I've seen a stat on Match of the Day that that was his... He's got 20 Premier League goals now, which is crazy for someone who's classed as a defender in FPL. So, last two league games, he started them in the left wing-back role. He also started in the Champions League. In between those, he did get sent off in that one, but... We won't worry too much about that. Looking at a couple of stats for Alonso on Fantasy Football Hub this week. In that game against Bournemouth, he had seven shots and he created four chances. So really good underlying numbers to match his three goals in the last two games. The fixtures are good for Chelsea as well. So very attractive Alonso at the moment. The big question is, will Frank Lampard continue with this system? Will he continue playing three centre-backs? which allows Alonso to play as a wing-back with Rhys James on the other side. If he does, he's a fantastic FPL option. Uh, the question is, you know, is it worth the risk? And I think it probably is. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the FA Cup this week to see who plays in that one. You know, I, I would I would think if Alonso doesn't feature in that one, maybe there's a better chance that he will keep his place for the league game against Everton this weekend. So I'd be keeping a close eye on the Chelsea lineup for that cup game and see what system they use. Um, but he's, he's getting hard to ignore now. I think he's got 24 points in the last two game weeks. He's a differential. So, you know, someone like Matt Doherty, who I've had for the last two weeks, Alonso could do something similar if you've had him or, or if you have him over the next few weeks. So he's, he's definitely in my thoughts, but I do have those slight worries that he could drop out of the team in any given week. Another 
player I've added this week, the hero of Game Week 28, the unlikely hero, Ismail Assar of Watford, 6.3 million. He's just 1.3% owned. He scored 19 points against Liverpool. Phenomenal performance and it could have been even more. He had a couple of other chances as well that he could have put away. He could have easily had a hat-trick towards the end. It's Crystal Palace away next for Watford. The attraction with Watford players is they're guaranteed a fixture in Game Week 31. So at the time of recording, the only teams we know have games in Game Week 31 are Wolves against Bournemouth and Watford against Burnley. So that makes it a lot easier to get Ismail Assar. If you're not planning to free hit in Game Week 31, you can get him in now and you'll have him for Palace this week. Then Watford have Leicester who haven't been playing great recently, and then it's Burnley in that blank game week. So Saar is very attractive. He's got Southampton after that as well. So the fixtures look pretty good for Watford. Obviously, a fantastic performance against Liverpool. I was just starting to think the the new manager bounce was starting to wear off. You know, I removed a couple of players from my watch list, the likes of Ducouri and these guys last week, and then they come out with a performance like that. So I think a lot of people are going to be looking back towards Watford now. Obviously, we're getting to the stage of the season now as well where it's good to target teams that have something to play for. And Watford, you know, tick that box, you know, being in a relegation scrap. So Saar is definitely in my thoughts. He could be a replacement for Traore for me this week. And I think that's going to be a very popular transfer this week, you know, right across the community. Anyone who has Traore doubts over his game time now. You know, lots of injury niggles. You know, Nuno said he's worried about the shoulder. You know, maybe he'll need surgery soon. Maybe he'll need it in the summertime. I don't know the details. But surely something has to be done to prevent that from continuing to, to pop out of place. So, Triori is probably going to leave my team. And at the moment, Saar is the most likely replacement for him. Another midfielder, just 0.1% ownership here. So, a, a potentially massive differential. 6.5 million West Ham, Jared Bowen got his first start in game week 28, got himself on the score sheet and two bonus points in that win over Southampton. He almost scored against Liverpool the week before as well, coming off the bench. A similar effort, you know, he tried to dink it over Allison on that occasion and it hit Allison, you know, right on the face. So could, we could easily be looking at, you know, two goals in, in two weeks for, for Jared Bowen. The issue with West Ham is there's probably going to be a lot of rotation in that midfield. We've seen Snodgrass drop out at the weekend. You know, he could come back in. Uh, there's lots of options, you know, Fornals, Lanzini, Felipe Anderson, I think, was on the bench as well. So is Bowen nailed on to start week in, week out? Probably not at this point, but he certainly did himself no harm with that performance against Southampton. Another issue with West Ham is fixtures. Next four, it's Arsenal, Wolves, Spurs and Chelsea. So it doesn't look like a good time to invest in West Ham assets. So this guy, Bowen, maybe it's a player for... Maybe the final five or six weeks of the season rather than the next few. I had a look on Transfer Market this morning as well. I was just curious about his previous record at Hull in the Championship. So before he joined West Ham this season, he had 16 goals in the Championship. Last season, he scored 22 goals for Hull. And the season before that, he had 14. So he's got a very good goal scoring record. And when West Ham signed him, Without knowing too much about him, I expected him to go into FPL as a forward. So it's nice that he is a midfielder in the game. Obviously gets that extra point for a goal. And if West Ham can ever keep a clean sheet, he'll get a point for that as well. So Bowen is an interesting one, but possibly for down the line or, you know, maybe maybe even next season. But, you know, he definitely caught the eye in that win over Southampton. Another player who is 
bang in form is Diogo Jota, 6.3 million, uh, 16 points against Norwich, followed up by 12 points against Spurs. To go alongside his his Europa League heroics, and we had back-to-back hat-tricks in the Europa League recently as well. So Jota is hitting form around the same time this season as he did last season. It's it's uh, it's like a mirror from last season. A lot of us went from at the start of the season last season he did nothing, and then he turned it on towards the end, and it was the same this year. I think he was he might have been in my game week one team this year, and he did nothing for the first few weeks, and now towards the end of the season he is delivering. So he's a very attractive option. One thing I don't like about Jota is that he rarely gets 90 minutes, but you know who cares if he's only getting 60 or 70 minutes if he's if he's banging in the goals during that time. The Wolves fixtures are excellent. The next few are Brighton at home, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home in that blank game week, and then Aston Villa. So four very tasty fixtures here. Now the question for myself is, I've got Doherty, Triori and Jimenez. I'm probably going to lose Triori this week. So that frees up a Wolves spot, which could go to a defender, someone like Willy Bolly or Roman Saiz. Or I could go for the forward double-up of Jimenez and Jota. Now, going with a double-up in attack in terms of forwards is something I very rarely do in FPL. But I think this is a viable strategy for the next four weeks. You know, looking at those fixtures I just went through and looking at some of the stats as well from, from that Spurs game at the weekend, Jota... And Jimenez both had four shots in the box in that game. So it's not a case of Jota is, you know, getting all the chances and Jimenez is not getting as many now. They're they're both getting loads of chances. Wolves are, you know, they're just playing really, really good stuff. They're obviously in the in the hunt for Champions League now as well. So I can see myself doing it. You know, when you look at your FPL team and, and if you if you put Jota in alongside Jimenez up front, it doesn't look right because you've got two forwards from the same team. But you know, given how they're playing and you know, given how they're both delivering, you've got to judge them both individually rather than judging them as a pair. And individually, they're both you know as good as any forwards at the moment in the game. So I wouldn't put anyone off going for the Jota Jimenez double up for the next couple of weeks. I think they could both you know smash it you know with those nice fixtures coming up. So it's definitely something I'm thinking about. I guess it would probably be. Um, I've got Jimenez, I've got Calvert-Lewin and I've got Danny Ings so very happy with Jimenez and Calvert-Lewin so Danny Ings is probably the sacrifice I would have to make if I want to get uh, Jota so that's something I'll come back to at the end of the podcast in terms of my potential transfers for this week final player added to the watch list this week a player I've never been a huge fan of in FPL, Troy Deeney but you know he, he just won't go away You know he keeps getting points this season he's only 6.2 million 11 points against Liverpool, a goal and an assist and a couple of bonus points. He's got penalties as well, which is a big attraction uh, in FPL. Watford fixtures, as I mentioned, with uh, Saar, you know, they're lining up quite nicely. Palace next, then Leicester, who are out of form. Then they've got that guaranteed fixture against Burnley in Game Week 31 before Southampton. So, Troy Deeney, definitely an option. Uh, I do prefer Saar if I'm going for a Watford player. You know, they're quite similar price. Um, and I don't really fancy the double up going for Sar and Dini, uh, the Sardini double up as as FPL Partridge put a great tweet out there a couple of days ago. Um, so for me, Dini watch list for now just, but I think Sar is more likely to come into my team than Big Troy. We'd like to pause for a brief minute to ask you, our loyal listeners, to click into the show notes for today's episode and then follow the link that's there to a very short survey. The reason for this is so you can help us make even better podcasts than we already do, not just this one, but across the whole Athletic Podcast Network. 
The survey is 11 super simple questions and will take you sub 60 seconds, I promise. So head to the show notes for today's episodes and click on the link. Time for some Twitter questions now. Thanks as always to everyone who sent them in. You can do so each Monday on my Twitter account at FPL General. First one came in from Johnny Small. Is the Vardy party well and truly over? Or hold for one more week at home to Aston Villa? So I got quite lucky on my wildcard squad. One of the scariest things I did on wildcard was getting rid of the highly owned Jamie Vardy. It's worked out quite well for me. Calvert-Lewin has done the business. You know, I decided to keep him because he was the informed player despite the tricky fixtures ahead. If I still own Vardy this week, what would I do now? I'm trying to think what I would do. There was a couple of quotes from Brendan Rodgers yesterday that Vardy won't play in the Cup this week. But he did say that, you know, the target is the Aston Villa game. And I'm pretty sure he said he will be fine for that. So Rodgers seems to be pretty confident that Vardy will be fit and available to start that game against Aston Villa. So in that case, I think you have to keep him just simply because of the opponent. Aston Villa are arguably the weakest team defensively in the league this season. So I think if you've if you've held Vardy this long, you know, selling him before that fixture is probably the wrong time to do so. I'm just looking here. Leicester have Villa, then it's Watford, then it's Brighton. So again, you know, it's 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 a nice run. So if Vardy does start and does you know, score one or two against Aston Villa, you're probably happy enough to keep him then because he does have Watford and Brighton after that. So for me, if I had him, as frustrating as he has been, you know, it's very tempting just to rage transfer him out after he didn't play last game week. But if he's going to start against Aston Villa, I would want to own him because, you know, arguably that's probably the striker with the best fixture this week in the league. So I would give him one more week. And obviously if he doesn't deliver on that one, it's, it's an easy sell then. Question from FPL Dan. Has double Liverpool defence lost its appeal? This has been a nightmare for me this season. It's one thing I just can't get right. If if I could have got the double Liverpool defence right this season, I'd probably be in the top 10k. Every time I have just one of them, they get loads of clean sheets. And every time I have two of them, they do absolutely nothing. So on my wildcard two weeks ago, I went back to the double up. I got Trent and I kept Trent and I got Robertson back. And in the last two games, they've conceded five goals. So it's very, very frustrating. I think a big factor against Watford was Joe Gomez wasn't playing. I think he's been excellent this season alongside Van Dijk. I think he's key to Liverpool clean sheets. So Lovren, obviously, I haven't watched that Liverpool-Watford game back yet, but reading reports, Lovren didn't have a great game in that one. So as someone who owns Robertson and Trent, I hope Gomez is back for Game Week 29. Bournemouth at home this weekend, so very good chance of you know getting things right in defence you know we should see a reaction um i would expect you know a much better defensive performance this week given that they conceded three last week so hopefully uh, a bit of patience there we'll see points returns there for us who have double and some people even have triple liverpool defence so for me has liverpool defence lost its appeal it probably has slightly i think any team that concedes five goals in two games you're not going to be as confident or as attracted to that defence. But for me, I think they'll get it right again. Um, So I'm happy enough to keep the double up for the time being. Next couple of weeks, it's Bournemouth next, then it's the Derby against Everton, and then they play Crystal Palace, who don't score many goals. So I would be hopeful of a clean sheet against Bournemouth and Crystal Palace. Anything can happen in the Derby. Calvert-Lewin's going to score a hat-trick for me anyway that week, so I don't mind that uh, those guys won't get me clean sheets that game week. But for me, yes, it's lost its appeal, but I think if you have it, I don't think you need to move away from it just yet, given that it's Bournemouth next and then Palace after the the Everton game. 
Question from Andreas. What are my thoughts on Arsenal assets? So a lot of people have got Arsenal in their thoughts now because it's West Ham at home this weekend. So a very good fixture, in particular for the Arsenal attackers. At the time of recording, as I mentioned, there's no announcement yet about a double game week in 29, but it could be it could be a case that by the time you're listening to this podcast, we could know that Arsenal have two games in game week 29 against West Ham at home and also against Manchester City. So Manchester City, obviously it's not a great fixture for any team, but with Americ Laporte out injured, I think that makes it more attractive for the likes of Aubameyang and Pepe. So what are my thoughts on Arsenal? I'm not overly keen on them, even if they do end up having a double game week this week. I think the only one I would be interested in going after would be Aubameyang. Uh, You know, I think he would be a captaincy candidate as well, if that was the case. But again, would you captain him over Kevin De Bruyne? I'm not sure. But then again, you know, Aubameyang will probably start both games. Uh, and the Manchester City players, we can never be sure if they will or not. So Aubameyang is the only one I can see myself going for if that does happen. I like the guy Saka as well, but again, do I want to waste the transfer to get someone in who's playing left wing back? Who you know, I'll, you know, I'd probably use him in the double game week, but then probably on the bench most weeks for me. You know, I'm on bench boost, so it probably it's probably more attractive for me to get someone like Saka. You know, maybe I could get Saka for Triori. But then you know, I'd probably rather get Saar, even though he has only one game this week. In terms of the Arsenal defence, I never trust them defensively. For as long as the likes of David Luiz and Mustafi are playing there, I don't want to invest, even if they have two games. Pepe as well, I've, I just feel he's overpriced. He's quite inconsistent. 9.2 million is a lot of money to pay for an inconsistent player. Um, you know, I'd rather find the cash for Aubameyang. And I'm not going to go Aubameyang, Pepe, double up at any point. It's just too much cash. So that is my thoughts on Arsenal. I don't have a lot of interest. Aubameyang, probably the only one I'd have any interest in and possibly Saka. But apart from that, very little interest there. Question from David Hunter. Triori, do we hold as a player with a game in game week 31? Or is the injury risk too great of his minutes being managed slash reduced significantly. Yeah, so we've probably covered this already earlier in the podcast. I think Triori is a sell now. We just simply can't trust him to start week in, week out. A bit like Lundstrom a couple of weeks ago. You know, once he starts getting rotated, you just got to let these players go. There's lots of options. You know, I've mentioned Saar. And there's plenty of other options around that price bracket as well to replace Triori with. So for me, I think pretty sure I will sell him this week. I just don't like this shoulder issue, even though he is like the Incredible Hulk. Um, you know, everyone's human. You know, he's got to he's got to be suffering every time that happens. So I expect his minutes to be managed. I wouldn't be surprised if he disappears and, and goes and gets some surgery. So for me, yeah, I think I think you sell him. You know, I, I don't think you keep him just because he has that game in thirty one because there's no guarantee he'll start anyway. So I think we've got to let him go now. Question from FPL teenager. Who do we prioritise getting in? So FPL Teenager lists Saar, Alonso, Doherty and Jota. And he says, who is the number one priority in your opinion? So out of those four, I think Matt Doherty is would be my number one target if I didn't already own him. He's just phenomenal. You know, the guy is playing basically as a right winger slash 
right forward. You know, that, that goal he scored against Spurs, he's in the six-yard box from open play, as he often is this season. You know, that was one of the main reasons I got him in. Watching him for a couple of weeks before I got him, you know, turning up in the box from open play, from set pieces. He's just a fantastic FPL asset, and I'm very a very happy owner. So if I didn't have Doherty, I would prioritise him over the likes of Alonso, Saar and Jota. There's question marks over Alonso. Will he keep his place? Um, Saar's a great option. Jota obviously doesn't always play 90 minutes. So yeah, Doherty would probably be the, the number one I would go for out of those four guys. Question from David O'Flaherty. Is it time to ditch Ings? So yeah, I kind of briefly mentioned this earlier as well. It's one goal in his last six. And more worrying for me is he's only played 90 minutes in two of those last six games. Now, quite simply, if, if a player's not on the pitch, they can't score you FPL points. So I don't like this about Danny Ings, that he's been getting rests and, you know, managing his fitness. So I'm tempted to get rid of him this week. There is the fear of doing so because he does have Newcastle at home this weekend and then he's got Norwich away next week but again you know we see Norwich defend quite well against Leicester so that I don't think that's as easy a fixture for attackers as it was maybe earlier in the season now Ings to Jota is definitely on my mind this week so if I do Traore to Sar, I don't have enough cash so I need to free up some cash so you know doing Ings to Jota would would allow that move in midfield for me so I think Ings, it's probably one of those which I often say on the podcast, it's probably fine to keep him because of those two upcoming fixtures, but it's probably fine to sell him as well given he hasn't been delivering, he's not always starting, he's not always getting 90 minutes and Southampton just haven't been as good in the last couple of games. You know, I think Nathan Redmond is a huge is a huge miss for them. You know, so much pace gone from the attack. You know, they play so often on the counter attack, which which plays into Danny Ings's hand. So, I think Redmond is a, is a huge miss there for for Danny Ings. So, for me, he could leave my team this week. Final question I'll tackle this week is from Henry. Uh, what am I doing about Bruno Fernandez? If United get FPL points, it's him. But they have a dreadful schedule on the way. So yeah, Manchester United next have the derby against City this weekend. Then they've got Spurs and Sheffield United. So three very tricky games. But after that, it lightens up and then it's Brighton, Bournemouth. And it's a nice run right through till the end of the season. So for me, obviously I've missed out on the Bruno Fernandes points over the last few weeks. Well done to anyone who, who went early. It's not always easy to go early on a new player to the league, but often it's very rewarding. So well done if you did so. If you have them, you obviously keep them. For me, I've probably got other priorities at the moment. Uh, I'm probably not going to have enough cash to get Bruno Fernandes, but I don't mind waiting anyway because of those next two or three tricky fixtures. So I'm happy enough to wait until game week 32 probably before I bring him in. I'm pretty sure I will own him at some point before the end of the season. But for me, because I need to get rid of probably Triori, and if I'm looking at Jota as well, I'm, I'm probably, you know, Fernandez is probably fourth or fifth on my list of priorities at the moment, mainly because of the fixture schedule for United. So for me, a great option. You know, I wouldn't let the fixtures put anyone off bringing him in even this week. But for me, I'm probably going to have to wait another few weeks before I have an avenue to get to Bruno. I'll finish up this week by covering the Gimme29 captaincy options and also go through my potential transfers, which I've mainly discussed anyway. Captaincy this week, it's a, it's a strange week. There's so many options for captaincy this week. So many good fixtures on paper. Liverpool are at home to Bournemouth. Arsenal are at home to West Ham. Vardy is at home to Aston Villa. 
Jimenez and Jota are at home to Brighton. Kevin De Bruyne, if he has a double game week, you know, likewise Aubameyang, Danny Ings, anyone who keeps him, good fixture at home to Newcastle. So loads and loads of options this week for captaincy. For me though, I think I will stick with Mohamed Salah at home to Bournemouth. Now, he obviously disappointing as captain in the last game week against Watford, but I expect a big reaction from Liverpool after that game. So I think the likes of Salah and Manny are very good options against Bournemouth. Bournemouth are a defence I never have much faith in. I always fancy Liverpool when they play them to get three or four. I have good memories of a captaincy, a Salah captaincy. I don't think it was last season, maybe the season before. He got a hat-trick against Bournemouth. I think it was away. So even better that he's at home this week against against the, the Cherries. So for me, I'll be on Salah. Yeah, I think if you've got Manny, he's a great option. Alexander-Arnold, you have to consider him as well. Aubameyang owners will be very tempted at home to West Ham. I think that's a good shout there as well. Vardy, hard to captain a player who hasn't scored for about 10 game weeks and who is coming back from injury. Uh, Jimenez and Jota. I think Jimenez is probably the better option because you know he tends to play 90 minutes more often than Jota does. So for me, yeah, loads of options. You know, maybe it's a week to try something different with so many good fixtures for captaincy candidates. But for me, I will play it safe. I am a very safe FPL manager, so I'm going to stick with Liverpool against a Bournemouth defence who I don't rate whatsoever. So Salah for me, hopefully he does better than he did against Watford last week. My transfers, as I mentioned, I've got two frees this week. I'm not giving it too much thought until the FA Cup games are out of the way and we know what Game Week 31 looks like. But most likely, Traore will go for Saar. And to do so, I need to free up Kai. So one option is Ings for Jota. Ings out, Jota in, that is. Or I could get rid of Grealish, who I don't feel great about at the moment. He's got... uh, Grealish has Leicester, Chelsea next. uh, And Wolves and Liverpool coming up soon as well. So tricky fixtures for Villa. Grealish could go uh, as a downgrade to allow the SAR move. Another option would be to downgrade a defender, which I don't really like because I've got Doherty, Pereira, Trent and Robertson. And I've got Stevens, who I want to use for the bench boost this week. So unlikely that I'll go through with a defensive transfer. So most likely, it looks like Danny Ings could be getting a chop this week for me. Uh, with Saar and Jota coming in. But again, lots can change. It's only Tuesday. Let's see how these FA Cup games shake out and if that changes our thinking. Obviously, if a double game week gets announced uh, this week for City and Arsenal, maybe that will completely change my thinking. And maybe I'll go after Aubameyang with two free transfers somehow. Uh, or maybe another Manchester City player. You know, Mares is probably the one that interests me most. But again, with City, you know, it's... You know, would, would any player start both games? Who knows? You know, it's a bit of a lottery there. So... I'd probably be more interested in Arsenal with a double game week than I would be Manchester City. But again, we don't know that yet. So let's see what happens. Bench boost for me this week. So I need to ensure I have 15 players who all play. That's why Traore is going to leave this week. If you want to hear more from me, you can check out my Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash FPL General. The start of a new month is the best time to sign up to Patreon because you can try it for free for the next few weeks. As long as you cancel before the 1st of April, you wouldn't get charged anything. So give it a go. See if you find it useful to help you manage your FPL team. Thank you for listening to the podcast this week. I appreciate you taking the time to do so. Have a good week. Enjoy the FA Cup games if you're watching any of them. Best of luck in Game Week 29. And I'll be back next week with a preview to Game Week 30. (laughs) 